he's sitting there with the phone on his chest and not even putting the controller down. And and he looks at him and goes, Shark Tank. Hello from Podcast Movement 23 in Denver. I'm recording this from the Rock, well, not actually in the Rock, pretty close to, I can see the Rockies. Welcome back to the Wild Business Growth Podcast. This is your place to hear from a new entrepreneur every single Wednesday morning who's turning wild ideas into wild growth. I'm your host, Max Brandstetter, founder and podcast producer at Max Podcasting. And you can email me at max at maxpodcasting.com to save time with your high quality podcast. This is episode 249. 249. And today's guest is actually guest. Today's guests are Trip and Lee Phillips, the Sunfather duo who are the creators of Leglu. Leglu is a super cool, super sticky, not actually super sticky, slightly sticky uh, solution that is a non permanent adhesive for plastic building blocks, toys such as Lego. Really, really cool story, and in this episode, we dive into their Shark Tank journey. Trip and his sister at the time were the youngest ever people to get a deal on Shark Tank. We talked the behind the scenes there, a little expectations versus reality there, how to create a culture of invention, even within your own family, and the coolest things Trip has ever created with Legos. It is Trip and Lee, and get your popcorn ready. Enjoy the show. Alrighty, we are here with Trip and Lee Phillips, the uh, wonderful men behind Leglu, one of the uh, coolest products and something that I truly wish I had grown up and lots and lots of memories with Legos and bricks of all sorts of stuff. But Trip and Lee, uh, the new Abbott and Costello, how are you guys doing it today? How are you guys doing? Thanks for joining today. Good, you. Very well. Good, good. Really excited to speak to you. And of course, we're going to get to Leglu and all involved in that story. But before that, I'm inspired anytime I talk to an inventor. And I think it's especially unique when you have uh, seemingly a household that inventions come out of. So you must have done something right in uh, creating an environment to, you know, inspire family members to create inventions and come up with ideas like this. Was there anything trip when you were at an even younger age than when you invented this that kind of just interested you about inventing things or maybe starting a business one day i mean my dad had invented had invented a lot of stuff in the past like he had probably three that he would always tell me about when i was growing up and i knew that he was decently smart and i wanted to do the same as him so i always kind of wanted to invent something and then i like shark tank separately from that just because I thought it was an interesting show and I loved watching it. Uh, but that, that came a few years after we did the business. I didn't do it because of Shark Tank, but. He enjoyed always watching Shark Tank. So once we, you know, had a viable product, you know, in the mix, we decided to, you know, fulfill one of his childhood dreams of, of getting, uh, getting applied to the Shark Tank. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It didn't waste much time there. What what sort of inventions did you have, Lee? Uh, you know, before Leglu came into the mix. You know, I had a couple of pretty decent ones and uh, got stifled as a as a younger inventor. I was in the 16, 17, 18 year old range when I started doing stuff. 
and I had a couple of products that I figured out quickly that patents are really expensive. And I, I thought you had to have the patent to sell the stuff, you know, was my mindset. And we ended up getting blocked a little bit by the patent office on some stuff, but I had invented a, a blanket that was very similar to what you uh, see as the Snuggie and uh, it fit over your head and you could wear it and wear it to ball games and put your feet in it, pull it up and it would stay, stay put. Uh, and we ended up selling many, many thousands of them. Uh, but uh, since the patent didn't go through, I kind of just dropped it after a while. Uh, and then the Snuggie came out. I'm not saying they copied me, but hey. And then I had a couple in the golf industry. I'm a big golfer. And I invented the cover that goes over the golf cart that you can play in cold weather and you zip yourself in and out of it. And I didn't have enough money to fund my first order. So I brought in a partner who then within about two months, stole the whole business from me. Uh, so I've had a couple of, you know, good inventions that didn't work out so well uh, from the standpoint of business acumen. And when Trip, you know, came to me with this thought, uh, I had enough bad experience. I knew how to push him forward in the right way. That's a roller coaster of businesses. I think so much excitement there, but then uh, I don't, I don't know what it is about you, Lee, but I think everybody's out to steal your business. So you better watch out. It seems that way. Yes, sir. <laughs> but that definitely, um, you mentioned there's tons you learned through that, but how important was it to both of you to get that patent and get that patent locked down when you started Leglu? I mean, I really wanted to get a patent because of course I didn't like, as a kid, you kind of blow things out of the water. So whenever I was heard that there was something that I could get to stop people from stealing my invention, I really wanted to get it because I thought it would be like a really big issue. So immediately I didn't want anybody to steal it. And I've, I'd heard from him that he had his stolen. So it was a pretty, like, I would say within a year of inventing it, we were already starting the process. So let's, let's get to Leglu. So for anybody who's not familiar with it, you can imagine that, it's it might have something to do with the Lego world or Mega Blocks or whatever your block of choice is, but I think it's I, I I almost think of it like as a short-term adhesive, like how Post-it notes are, like how you know you can put stuff together through adhesive, but you can also you know it's not the end of the world. It's not like super Gorilla Glue or whatever it's called where it's stuck there forever. So the really cool aspects of your product where you know it fortifies the stru the structures the toys you're building but also you can wash it off with warm water so that's a really cool mix there a really cool distinction trip where did this idea first come about for leglu in third grade my teacher told me that i could either write a paper or i could come up with an invention and i was in third grade so of course i didn't want to write a paper <laughs> and i went to my dad and asked him how i could come up with an invention and he said to find a problem and then think of a solution. And I was just, I was playing with my Legos that afternoon. I had an airplane and I, I tried to land it on the floor and it broke. So then I was thinking, well, I need something to hold these together. So I went and talked to him and we started talking for a few minutes and he was like, that actually is a pretty good idea. So we pursued it for the next few weeks, trying to come up with the formula and stuff. That's so perfect that that happened. Uh, they say, you know, there can be blessings in disguises, but blessings in disguise, I don't know the right way to say that plural, but that's incredible that that happened so soon after you got that assignment. And, and I'm totally with you. I think um, no matter what age you are, coming up with an invention is much more exciting than writing an essay. <laughs> so I'm totally yes, with definitely. you. Definitely. Yes. Obviously you had the, the part of it that was for the school project, but what, what, what were the 
like the first initial steps in actually turning Likelu into like, okay, this isn't just an idea. Like this is a real, you know, tangible solution. Well, my teacher that the assignment was from entered my invention into an international creativity contest. And then we won that and we were getting like an award at our city hall. And then my dad was talking to me and we both thought that it was probably a good enough idea for us to start pursuing it as an actual business. And then is that's when all of it started after we won that award. Yeah, we made some prototypical solutions, uh, adhesives, our industry. I, I work, at, I'm a laboratory director here in, in our town. And uh, so I, I know a lot of folks, our, our world is uh, floor covering. And obviously with floor covering, there's all kinds of glues you have to use to hold it down. So I had contacts and folks that I knew we could talk to to get components and materials from. So we were able to build some prototypes and just kind of play with them. And we really weren't intending on selling anything at that point. So once we won the contest uh, or once Trip won the contest, I say we. Trying, trying to steal all his credit. I won nothing. My name's on nothing. He definitely uh, helped a lot. So, so we, we, we felt it was viable and, and thought, well, we'll shoot, we'll, we'll try Amazon. And that's when Amazon, you know, you could get on there pretty easy. Uh, and so we jumped on Amazon store, built a website and started selling them and saw that it was, you know, at least reasonable. I gave Trip a thousand bucks and he paid me back in about four weeks. So uh, we were in good shape. <laughs> That's a good loan there. Good loan payback. Uh, that formula, Lee, I think you're in the perfect spot uh, being, working in a lab to be familiar with even knowing where to start in terms of creating glue. But what, what went into, like, how much testing did you do? How, how much creating glue did you make before you, you came up with a formula that you felt pretty good about? As far as uh, iterations, it was really about the third or fourth iteration that we played with. Uh, you're, you know, when I talked to guys like at 3M or DuPont that, that I'd made some phone calls to, and I told them, I was like, this is opposite of what you normally would be doing. We want glue to release, not to hold forever. Uh, but there were some ideas uh, and, and thought processes of what, what kind of materials would work. So we had it pretty locked down within a few days. And then I let Tripp build some stuff and his job was to break it. And we've got devices here in the laboratory that measure strength, breaking strength, breaking loads. Uh, so we were able to you know, put numbers to uh, the reality of what we knew to be true. So not only did we have real life data as far as him playing with it, but also had uh, technical data from our uh, force units to, to break the stuff apart. So he was satisfied that it worked well enough uh, and we were satisfied that that it would show proficiency in in the technical acumen and and move forward from that point. Trip, you might be the only person in history that has the uh, assignment for work slash school to uh, play with Legos and also try to destroy Legos. I think that's a fun combination there. It, yeah, it did turn out to be pretty fun. But I was still in third grade whenever we yeah came he was still up. in third yeah. grade with that time frame. So so yeah, he liked breaking stuff. Third grade and. For uh, and we were talking before the show for perspective. You're in eleventh grade now, uh, so you've really you know grown up like had a good good chunk of your childhood with this business. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll get to that in in a little bit. But you got you got the formula piece. Uh, you got the kind of the distinction of being strong glue, but also not permanent glue. And then you got the sales side, as you alluded to. So in terms of actually selling it. I mean, there's a number of ways to get listed on Amazon and start selling that route. But in terms of like the marketing side of it, how did you start to get the word out 
about this uh, really clever creation. Who did the commercial poster? Yeah, we did a commercial. We did a commercial at like the, I was in fourth grade and that was probably the first thing that we did to try to like get our name out there. And it was run on like local channels, but that's the only commercial that Legloo's ever like filmed individually. And then after that, we started making YouTube videos with a character called Legloo Man. It was me and my sister were like, controlling a bunch of lego people and like making <laughs> and stuff yeah that I've, I've seen all over uh, your site and your videos i'm, I'm a huge lego man fan i know you've added more characters to the mix as well but i think that's that's something that's it just resonates really well with people because it has such a homemade and like creative feel to it how, how did you get the idea to come up with these characters to like bring life to the the business like that i mean i played with legos a lot back then and so, like, I was always building stuff, and then he—it was you that came up with the idea. Was that doing? Uh, that, some it? of it, yeah. But you, we we knew that you know social media and that you know while it seems like not that long ago, it, it was seven eight years it ago. Seems like a long time. Social ago. media wasn't as popular as it is today, so we tried to get something to, you know, at least just get a presence out there and, and make it visible to, to the general public in some way, and and try to convey the issue of not breaking down when you play with your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think you have a talent in uh, video production as well. Uh, and maybe, I mean, you know, there's a Lego movie out there. There should be a whole Leglu movie or movie franchise out there. That was the goal. Leglu Batman, I think. You, you know, he actually, uh, while he was on Shark Tank, you don't see every bit of the interview. And one of the things he said, what uh, Laurie didn't know about, Legos breaking apart and stuff and didn't know about the leg Lego movie. So when she said something about like questioning, he went, I am the answer to crackle. <laughs> and, and everybody's <laughs> laughing about her because she didn't even know what it was. So he was a firm believer in uh, the Lego movies for sure. From when he was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> so that's perfect. Let's dive into shark tank. So again, you know, you, you had a very early age trip to be on the show. Do, do you know what, you and um, your sister, like, were, were you some of the youngest people to ever be on the show? I don't know the specific. At that point, they were the youngest. Yes. Oh, were we? I thought yes. Like... At that point. Now, there's okay. been younger since. But yeah, yes. okay. I guess. How dare they? The youngest to make a deal that was, was what it was. They might have been a younger person that showed up. That's quite the resume booster. Uh, but uh, that it's, just seems like an incredible experience overall. Uh, and you, see, you hear so many amazing stories from Shark Tank, but also some scary or uh, stories that sometimes the deals just don't pan out. But for for your experience, for, first of all, what was what was the process of actually getting on the show and like finding out that oh my god, we're <laughs> we're going to be on this show that I've loved watching my whole life. My one of my dad's friends told him about uh, an open call that was going to be in Atlanta for Shark Tank. So he asked me if I wanted to memorize a speech and go down to Atlanta and stand in a really long line early in the morning <laughs> for a long time to wait to try to convince one of the producers that we should be on the show. So we did that and we waited there for four or five hours. Yeah. It was it felt like a long time because it was we were standing well, outside was... the SunTrust Stadium in that on that turf field. And we we're just waiting in chairs. It, yeah, it, there's a lot of people out there. So it was, a, it was, for, and especially for a, you know, a 10 year old or 11 year old, that was a long time to wait. Definitely. I, I think it might've been worth it though. Uh, I, I would go out on a limb and say that might've been worth it in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, it definitely was. The producer really liked us and she 
came up to us after we were on the show and said that I knew that y'all would make it from the beginning, but she didn't tell us that at the time. So we were waiting after we did the interview for like two or three weeks and we were nervous because we didn't think we were going to get in. And then they called us and he walked into my room and I was playing video games and I was just on the phone with them while I was playing video games because I didn't want to pause it. And then he was like, what are you, who are you talking to? And I was like, Shark Tank people. I was mortified to be honest with you. He's sitting there with the phone on his chest and not even putting the controller down. And he, and he looks at him and goes, Shark Tank. Like, Holy <laughs> crap. Why didn't you come get me? Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, he was a cool customer back then. <laughs> what video game was that, by the way? Uh, it was Fortnite. Okay. <laughs> I, I was like, I was like really young. And it was like one of the beginning, like, it was like the beginning of it. And like all like little kids were obsessed with it. And like it was close to the end of the game. So I didn't want to put my like I don't want to leave the game because you can't pause it. So I was just talking to him. Yeah, I mean you got you gotta pick your battle. Pick your pick your battles. Pick your battles. Shark Tank can always yeah. wait. You mentioned being nervous for that initial audition there. What about when you actually got on the show? Like how did how did your nerves compare when it was actually filming day versus that that initial tryout? I'm, the only bad part about filming day was the anticipation of sitting in the trailer up until we actually went on because I didn't know when we were going to go on. So I was just sitting there waiting, ready. But it it ended up being we were in the trailer for like five hours. Five hours. Yeah. It was like two o'clock. There's a time. common theme here: waiting for five hours before you do it. Yeah, yeah. He definitely. got he was fine when we were you know first started, but the longer it waned on. Uh, the worse it got, and and that you see those little movie trailers that stars get to sit in, they are not really glamorous. Just no. so you know, <laughs> there's there's no flavored M and M's or anything in there. We were just sitting there looking at the walls. There's like a five inch TV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you didn't have a writer with the Fortnite video game requirement there. <laughs> yeah, Trip, you mentioned that you just had always loved Shark Tank, and you know it was a dream to be on the show. I know you've watched so many episodes, maybe all the episodes of the show just before it at a personal enjoyment, even before preparing for it. But what what did you notice about some of the sharks or just like the process of the show that uh, you think helped you when it came to the actual recording day? I was excited uh, for one, because I thought we were going to be in a big building, like a big high rise building with a nice architecture, but it was a warehouse. So that kind of, piqued my excitement a little bit. I was kind of disappointed. <laughs> but uh, you well, you walk you walk up and you know you think of Hollywood as this fantastic situation, and you're basically going into what looks like a marine barrack with uh, stuff laying everywhere, and then you stumble into this area of lighting that is now the set. So it, it's it's quite a different perspective to what you thought it was going to be to what it is you're not walking into a nice place it's yeah. a it's a crappy old warehouse with cameras everywhere that they have made a really nice spot inside of um so yeah that's what he, he was he was like god this is not what i thought it would be no. so yeah he got a little disappointed from but from that aspect beforehand i knew that i wanted to like be with kevin the most i liked him the most and all the episodes i watched before he was kind of like he's known as being the meaner one but he was actually probably the nicest one to the to a kid. They're all nice to kids, but he like wasn't mean at all. And then I was just fortunate enough to where he gave me a deal. That that's perfect. It would I don't know. He might have to have a new nickname if if he was uh, really mean to kids as well. Yeah. 
Lee, Lee, what's like, what what's going on in your mind through all this? And then when it came to actually that the episode was shown on TV, like, what's it like seeing your kids on TV in such a big stage like this? Well, yeah, it was cool for me because the history that I had with inventing uh, and, and trying to bring products to market. So, uh, you know, I'm sort of living vicariously through him at that point in time because I, I certainly would like to have a product on Shark Tank myself. We, we mentioned him being nervous, and I tell this story, but it's it's probably one of the most memorable moments of my entire life just because of the, the story behind it. As we got to that door where they you see you come in through the shark hall, he uh, trips that I can't do it. I'm, I'm, I just can't do it. And I said, it's okay, buddy. That's what I'm here for. I know your speech. I know your lines that you're supposed to say. If you get out there and, and you can't, then just squeeze my hand, look up at me, give me a signal and I'll, I'll take over and you can just smile. Uh, and I bent down and, you know, gave him a hug and his sister was with him and she's sitting in here right now behind us. She put his hand, her hand on his back and comforted him. And then he looked up and said, I got it. And, and he walked up there and, and, you know, hit, hit the home run. So, you know, to be able to be his support and he know that I was his support was a really big deal for me, not not just from the fact of where we are, but just because, you know, he knew he could count on me. Uh, so that continues to mean a lot to me. It always has meant a lot to me. And th- that was the most memorable moment of the entire part of the study for me or the exercise. Uh, but uh, again, the, the magnitude of, you know, 33,000 people applying and he was one of 35 that got on TV, you know, that's a big deal. So he was a special dude for that for that uh, season ten for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's all right. You know, nothing that exciting. No, that's amazing. That, that's a wonderful story. If you want to hear more wonderful, wild stories of entrepreneurship like this one and learn more behind the scenes about them, you can sign up for the Podcasting to the Max newsletter. It's where podcasting meets entrepreneurship. So that means you'll hear behind the scenes wild business growth stories as well as podcasting tips and terrible puns that are sure to make you just want to give up on humor yet again. You can sign up at maxpodcasting.com slash newsletter and you will receive the Podcasting to the Max newsletter every Thursday. Now, let's learn more about this family of inventors. Let's switch gears a little bit, which you that segues perfectly. But I was wondering about your the family dynamic as it relates to the business. So, uh, these days, at the time of this recording, how do you kind of divide? Uh, you know, who works on what with the business, or how much each of you are involved? Like, how how does that work on the day to day or week to week with Legaloo? We have uh, an employee. We have multiple employees, but it's just one at a time that does it that makes the glue in the back of the place that we are now. We have it rented out. It's like our little warehouse. If we need any, we'd call them in and they'd take care of making it. Uh, and then my dad gets the notifications on his computer if we sell one on our website or anything where we have to send it out. And he has a little printer right here that can print the labels for shipping. And then me or my sister or him uh, will just put them in the shipping box at the office and they'll get shipped out. And if they're on Amazon, then they do that themselves. We just send them like a thousand a month and they... Keep, yeah, keep the stock. We have a third party that fulfills for us for Amazon. So yeah. uh, we decided that was uh, with him being in school and and his sister being in school, high school, playing sports, that uh, we would let give up a little, few pennies for someone else to manage that for us. And it's been a good decision. 
uh, oh, from that standpoint. So, you know, Tripp's the mouthpiece of the organization. He gives speeches. He goes to schools. He does things like this. But uh, he just gave one for junior achievement a few weeks ago for the whole state of Georgia. He's speaking behind guys like uh, Bob Shaw, you know, one of the billionaires here in town. I told Mr. Shaw that how do you feel being Tripp's undercard? Uh, he didn't think that was real funny, uh, but, but he really was. <laughs> Tripp does a lot of the uh, positioning us visibly. Our, his sister, Allie, you might have even heard her ruffling around. She was actually filling a couple of orders as we speak. Uh, she, she comes in after school, fills any of the open orders and, and helps send them out. Uh, so we've got it kind of a slick down operation where they don't have to spend a whole bunch of hours each week working on it. And with our contract employees that come in and do the fulfillment, they, uh, as far as building the glue itself, uh, it, it takes the, the burden off of them. They used to mix it up in five gallon buckets and dump it in the, in the hopper themselves, but they don't have to do that anymore. We got machines now. That's good. And, and I'm glad it's not just you two or you three is uh, you can one, you can sleep at night you can get, you know, have some sort of a normal life, but also you got school, you got work, you got so much going on. On, uh, on that note, trip, you got school, uh, you got sports, same with your sister, Lee, you have, you know, you, you've had this job as a, you know, director at a lab for, for many, many, many years, uh, not trying to make you sound old, just a few years. Uh, but how do you manage, you know, everything else going on in your life, as well as Leglu at the same time? Like, how do you kind of divide and conquer that stuff? Uh, the last school sport that I did was last year. That was like that just bridged between the time that I could drive and I had a job, like a regular day job. So like once I could start driving, I kind of dropped the school sports to give me more time to like do what I wanted to do and to work. And this year I get out of school like decently early so I can come to work earlier in the day. And then I, I don't have like a cramped schedule most days anymore. I guess I used to back when we were giving speeches more frequently or like doing something like this more frequently. But now I, I have a good bit of free time. So it's not pretty, it's not hard to like manage what I do. Right. And, and Lee's, Lee and uh, your sister aren't yelling at you to make glue all the time then? I'm just going to. No, no, <laughs> no, they're not, they're not having it. One of the other ideas, and we talk about this a lot when we give speeches, uh, was, you know, we were, we were making the stuff in five gallon buckets and dipping it out with Ali's baby spoon and putting it in the little containers. And it took about an hour. We could make about 40 units. Um, so, you know, all through Christmas time, early on, we're sitting there scooping and scooping and scooping and they're, they're not getting to play or do, do anything as little kids, uh, cause we had orders to fill, but Tripp was sitting on the table watching TV. And, and I guess he's probably at this point, 11 or 12. Well, no, it was right before Shark Tank. So he's like, man, if, if this applesauce, if we could get our glue in this kind of a container, man, it would be easier to squirt out and it would fit perfectly. And, and, and we have a machine maybe to put it in. And I'm like, dude, that's a better idea than even the glue itself. So <laughs> he went and visited some factories down in Atlanta that, that made those flexible spout pouches like you see in, in you know, for kids applesauce and made a deal with some folks to create the pouch we currently use. And not only did it, we can do, he can do 500 units an hour now, as opposed to 40. And it's much more automated, much more clean looking, much more retail ready. And it saved a dollar 30 
per unit by us doing that. So not only was it better and faster, it was cheaper as well. So I've always said that, you know, his, his knack for coming up with solutions to problems is pretty good. And that's, that's what I'm trying to propel him in further as his career goes down the road is to, is to be a solutions guy. That is, there's always a need for solutions because there's always lots and lots of problems. So it's a good space to, to propel into. Let's wrap up with some rapid fire Q and A. You ready for it? All right, let's get wild. Trip, what is the coolest Lego creation you've ever made? Uh, I made a pretty big Star Wars, one of the fighter jets. I don't, I don't remember the A, yeah. A what was it called? Oh, the ATAT maybe. Not I the don't know. The one that the Tie Fighter. I made a pretty big Tie oh. Fighter, and that was before I made Leglu, so that fell apart pretty fast. And <laughs> I had a lot of spare parts from it, but it that was honestly one of the things that probably led me to think about it because it it was like one of those huge big ones that took hours upon hours to build and I, it fell apart because the wings didn't hold together. We built uh, an Alabama A and had the golf team for Alabama sign that, the college golf team, and it that was pretty cool. And that's legly together so it won't fall apart. Do your loyalties lie with Bama, even though you're in Georgia? No. No. For golf, <laughs> they used to come to our house. Yes, we would cheer for him at that specific tournament, but I, we're both Georgia fans. Our whole family's a Georgia fan. Yeah, we hosted them. There's a big college tournament in our town, and they hosted. So they they we ate dinner with them a couple times while they were here. So we became Alabama golf fans. So he created that and had all of them sign it. Actually, three of the guys that signed it are currently on the PGA Tour. So that's pretty cool as well. Oh wow, not the worst time in the world to be a Georgia football fan. So congrats. No, on that. no, no. We're 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 hundred percent Georgia football fan. <laughs> What is your favorite Shark Tank invention other than yourself? The Scrub Daddy. It was funny just because they missed out on so much money. And it's like a they have funny marketing like on social media. Or I get they used like their their commercials used to be kind of funny and goofy. Yeah, I like the ring video because you know Jamie Siminov was our guest host and they passed on it. <laughs> <laughs> Idiots. it's so yeah it's so funny the amazing things that they end up passing on but yeah that's that's everywhere now those are great examples what is the biggest thing that's changed for you since the uh, quote-unquote shark tank fame i mean the biggest thing that changed for me overall would probably be that i had to speak a lot more because more people knew who i was i had to get used to like being more of an outward facing person and like talking to people more and I wasn't I wasn't bad at that at the time because I was a little kid and I was I was pretty good at public speaking but as I got older I kind of didn't enjoy like speaking in front of big crowds as much but the ability to public speak is probably my most changed aspect because it improved a lot after Shark Tank because the the nerves weren't ever really as bad as being in front of however many millions of people five million yeah every, everything else is gravy after that that's that's an awesome skill to to have and last one what would be your dream creation like if you hired a sculptor or artist to create like a giant sculptor using leglu what would that creation be definitely something like the full-size cars that they have at the auto show they had one in, a few years ago in paris it was it was a lamborghini i would probably get something like that if i could but if it was legally together maybe i could like drive it around or something 
you wouldn't want a bust of me or my a body sculpture of me. Or yeah, or I could get a picture of his bald head. Like <laughs> oh man, how about you, Lee? What would be your dream uh, besides the self portrait? What would be your dream sculpture? I don't know. You making a hole in one or something? <laughs> it would probably be a, a big giant golf ball. The circles are hard to make in Lego. I mean, in Legos. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they are. Well, Tripp and Lee, this has been absolutely fantastic. Thanks so much for coming on and, and all you do, and congrats on all the success. And uh, again, if I if I had a time machine and could go back in time, and when I was growing up playing with Legos, like Lou was around, I would totally use it all the time. So, uh, so, so maybe you start working on that time machine next. But uh, uh, I know that Legaloo.com is where people can learn more. Is there any anywhere else, uh, you know, your YouTube or anything social media that you want to shout out for people to learn more about Legaloo? Yeah, it's Leglu for you with the number four on uh, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Trip's not a fan of Facebook, but old people buy Leglu, so that's why we're on Facebook. <laughs> I was going to say Facebook's the big generational difference there. Yeah, that's right. But you know what? We found out that you know commercials to kids didn't really work as well as commercials to old ladies. So. <laughs> that's right. Perfect. And last thing, final thought. Stage is yours. It could be a. Uh, just kind of a quote, a line, whatever, just a, like one sentence, words of advice, whatever you want, send us home here. Yeah, uh, my dad's always told me, and I've always held on to the, you can never meet a goal if you never set one. Like You have to set milestones in your life, and whenever I achieve something, I try to appreciate it. He doesn't really do that for himself. He just kind of does things. But I am more of a celebratory person than he is. I have used that quote and apply it to my life and try to set goals that I can achieve. And back then, especially when I was doing all the Shark Tank stuff. Cool stuff on cool stuff on cool stuff. You heard it here first. A trip is way cooler and way more fun than his dad, Lee. Uh, thanks for playing. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you so much, Trip and Lee, for coming on the podcast, sharing your excellent Leglu story, taking me back to, to childhood and just awesome awesome invention and thank you wild listeners for tuning in to another episode if you want to hear more wild stories like this one make sure to follow the wild business growth podcast on your favorite app and tell a friend about the podcast and try out leglu with them and see if you can create a life-size ferrari or lamborghini or you know car of choice you can also find us on good pods where there are good good podcasts and podcast recommendations and for any help with podcast production you can learn more at maxpodcasting.com and sign up for the Podcasting to the Max newsletter. That's at maxpodcasting.com slash newsletter. Until next time from the Rockies. No, just kidding. Next time won't be from the Rockies. It is really cool here, though. Let your business run wild. Bring on the bongos! Bongos!